Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we're here today to talk about the stadium practice that was held tonight on Saturday night, June. Sorry, make that July 30th. <laughs> that would be something if it was in June. But uh, and here to talk to talk to, talk to me up uh, with talk with me about it is Alec Pulianis of Ravens, uh, formerly Ravens Recap, now one winning pie. Yeah. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, I, I still get mixed up in my head, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of things, a lot of things mixed up these days. But uh, uh, nice, uh, hot night at the stadium. Uh, definitely uh, uh, not ideal for comfort. Pretty small crowd, I would say, about fifteen thousand. Maybe was there. Only the lower deck was in play. They didn't have any uh, club or upper upper deck seats, so it was a modest crowd. A lot of people really taking advantage of a great night out for the kids. And this is what one thing, one of the things you really love the Ravens for the way you put on an event like this. It's free. Uh, they have fireworks. They give away. They have autographs for kids after okay. the thing, and it's just it's it's a very nice combination of activities, preventing a free night out for your family. And 
Uh, when you think about how expensive football is as a sport to go watch in person, and you know, you and I both know that yeah. full well, uh, th- that uh, you know, some people want to go on the road and do it, and you add even more expense to it. Um, it's really nice to you know put put it in reach of other people, and they do this during camp. But they they have you know free passes they give away to the fans, and they give away these free passes to the uh, uh, to the stadium practice as well. Yeah, it's super cool. I saw that there were definitely a couple more seats, too, in that lower bowl. And I was like, I wonder if they sold out those seats, but because they were free, people didn't go and they didn't use their their seats or whatnot. But um, it definitely was a really good showing. A lot of enthusiasm from the stands, as far as I could tell, from the the live feed. And um, like you said, like you did see a lot of children there, which is great because it's really hard to bring those kind of kids to the game because it's hard to justify or maybe they don't want to sit for the whole three hours oh yeah and stuff like that so it's really nice that they can get a little taste and as like you know can grow up more and and, and get more uh i guess stamina so to speak <laughs> for the games they can come and watch them uh more yeah yeah 100 percent. this is the, the practice is significantly shorter than um a game but i would say a good portion of the kids did not make it through to the fireworks or the even the autograph session but they started lining up kids for the autograph session before practice was even over so you know it's really run uh run well from that perspective and it's it's a it's a good night out it's a it's a family event good to good to have that when it's possible but let's get right down to practice in terms of of uh, what was going on tonight because I, I wouldn't say that we saw a ton schematically about the Ravens tonight, but I would say that we started to see more about uh, who's obviously in line for starting jobs, who's maybe in line to get more playing time uh, as the season goes on. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I thought that some of the offensive formations were telling. Uh, for instance, Tyler Wallace, I never saw him with the first team, maybe once uh, or twice, but it seemed like he was really mostly with the second team which somewhat makes sense, but uh, it was an interesting thing to see. Uh, and also just um, seeing you know, how these tight ends are poking through uh, in the formations. I saw Boyle was with the second team. I don't think too much of that for, for what it's worth. But uh, yeah, I, I, and more interesting was the offensive line, in my opinion. Who was on the offensive line uh, for the first team? Yeah, absolutely. So Cleveland's still NFI at this point. Uh, he wasn't at practice today. Uh, he's probably the most notable absence. Obviously, we know about other ones and Charlie Kolar and uh, the, all the PUP guys who are not who are supposed to. We knew were not going to be there, but uh, uh, you know, with Ben Cleveland out, this is at this point hurting him for sure in terms of being the starter. He wasn't a sure thing mm-hmm. when this began, but to be NFI and still not a pass the conditioning test by what is now the fourth day of of camp in terms of the fourth day of practice. Yep. Uh, is really not good. No, not at all. I think this is a huge demerit in his ability to get the starting job. I think he'll have to truly be uh, great the rest of the preseason because this is not a thing that Harbaugh will accept. I think um, I'm trying to remember other people who have failed the conditioning test and how long it takes them to get back. Mm -hmm. This feels particularly long, and I don't – it does not – uh, scream like oh maybe their condition was a little off or they took the wrong pacing through it. it it just screams that there's something really wrong and I I'm really discouraged by it because I was hoping for a really healthy battle for this left guard position I was hoping that maybe we'd be in the position to trade away powers um, and I'm wondering now if that's going to be even an option yeah I agree I think that's uh, that's certainly a big question right now uh, the Ravens are not so pressed for cap that they need that money 
Uh, but I think that they probably thought either him or Jawan James would be gone by the time the regular season begins and they'd have some influx of dollars. Uh, now it looks like, well, Jawan James is playing first unit left tackle. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and then uh, the rest of the first unit, by the way, on the offensive line is, is Phillips at left guard. Uh, and then the guys you would expect, Linderbaum at center, uh, Zeitler at right guard, and Moses at right tackle. So I think you know, it, it, the offensive line is already not where they want it to be. Uh, with those five playing, with the left side being what it is. But I think the good news I can take from that is Juwan James seems to be doing okay so far. We'll have to see him under live fire uh, at that left tackle position. And it sure would be nice if he could be the backup directly there and they never have to move Morgan off that Morgan Moses off that right side if anything were to happen to Ronnie. Yeah, I think that's what they're shooting for. And I think that's fair. Um, it doesn't seem like Falele is going to be ready yet, uh, based on what I saw at practice. And it doesn't seem like they're having any tackle reps for McCarry right now. So um, I think that good is point. their plan. Yeah, really good point. So we saw McCarry. I, I did not see him other anywhere else than center in this practice as we recorded it. Now, mm-hmm. that may not be true. He might have played a few snaps at guard, and I just missed it. But he didn't play any at tackle. And they've got a lot of guys they were looking at. The second team, in fact, was uh, 62 is sharp, right? Yep. Who's back with the team now? Yeah, and he's not listed, listed interestingly enough, on their on their roster here that they gave out. But Powers was at, at left guard, which you would expect. McCarry at center. Um, right guard, and this is one that's a little bit interesting because he's actually getting reps at guard, is Khalil McKenzie. Oh, took took time there. And he's the one that I think might make the team specifically because of his... Um, guard designation, but actual defensive tackle value. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't notice that. I'm glad you called it. And then the the uh, the right tackle, of course, Falele is the second uh, string guy. Uh, some good things happened during during the with the offensive line during the day. Maybe we talk about the offensive line first because there's a lot of cross pollination of these of these various drills we can talk about. Um, but where would you like to start? There, we'll, we'll let you pick it and. I would like to know um, what drills you saw of Falele and how you thought he looked. Um, in the parts that I could see, he seemed just slow getting out of his stance, and I thought that was going to be problematic, uh, you know, in general. Just like, he didn't seem like he was uh, quick enough yet at this level, and I, was, I, I thought that he might be a liability if he had to be a starter at this point. Hey, um, the most telling drill for the offensive line of the entire day isn't any of the 11-on-11 stuff. There's a little bit of um, trying. There's also a little bit of brother-in-law play involved, but um, not the, they, don't, they really want controlled contact at this point during camp, mm-hmm. which means they don't want you to go all out against a man across you from you, except in one drill they did at the end, which is a kind of a one-on-one pass rush versus pass blocker drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they do is they set up all five offensive linemen and they set up the defenders against them. And then they just have one rep for a specified one-on-one matchup within that. So the other guys just kind of stand up and the, and the two go at each other. So Lily had two reps I saw there. The first one uh, was against, let me see, this is not correct. Yeah, I guess it was. It was Jeremiah Moon, number 51. And he pushed him past the pocket, kind of a 12 to 6 block, as I've seen. And uh, I thought he did a very good job on that one. Uh, now, I wasn't specifically looking for how he got out of his stance. Uh, one thing I did notice is that immediately after 
basically what was a winning rep, uh, that, that Morgan Moses pulled him aside and was coaching him after the play about his footwork. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to some of the issues, the technical issues that may still be there. Um, definitely a thing, you know, in his in his draft profile that you're not as worried about. You know, he's he really looked more like at Minnesota, a guy who could mirror that uh, pass rusher pretty well. Yeah, and I think that is one of the things and maybe once, uh, you know, it's real games, like we're what, a week away now, mm-hmm. a week and a half, I guess, uh, from the first game on, on Thursday, is just to see, you know, even if he looks maybe a little slow out of his stands, how is he able to use his length? How is he able to mirror and mm-hmm. and maintain the block? Because it might not matter too much, um, just given his ginormous size. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is a massive human being. He's not he's not fat. Um, he is just massive. Yeah. Uh, you know, he lists at 380 pounds still on the roster. Uh, I couldn't tell you if he was all of that, just that's too heavy a human being for me to really kind (laughs) of have a normal scale of what I'm looking for, for the extra 20 pounds or whatever. Uh, and, but what he is, he is very physical. And I thought this was a problem at Minnesota was kind of some patty cake play. Mm -hmm. He was, he was not using, um, you know, his punch in the way, but I, I saw a little bit of that in, in, in tonight's practice. That was good. Um, his second rep, and he only had two in these one-on-one pass rush drills, um, he got the defender to slip, and, and I, I did not get the number. Things move pretty quick on a rep-by-rep oh, basis yeah. through camp, and I don't know. I'd always get the numbers of both players, but he got the defender to slip, and yet he could not finish him after he slipped. Instead, he kind of slipped going after him, so it might have been kind of a wet spot on the turf there. Mm. And then the other defender got up and was back in the pocket right away. So uh, that was a little frustrating, but but I think there may have been condition issues there that were going on. Not not conditioning, fortunately, but condition issues of the field. So uh, uh, that was a little odd. Anyway, I, I was I was you know basically happy with what I saw from Fa'olele. Obviously, he's getting coached by Moses. That's a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, he's, he's seeing something that's not right. But on the other hand, I'm glad to see that there's that kind of relationship. That that, that can only help the Ravens. Yeah, and I think we all know that uh, it'd be pretty optimistic for him to grow so much in this first year that he might uh, be able to take on a starting job uh, and or, I guess, overtake these, these veterans per se, uh, maybe in an injury situation, but it's great that he's learning. And that was kind of the point, you know, he had such a high ceiling that if you draft him and you don't necessarily need him right away, um, particularly with all the other, uh, I guess, insurance plans we have that he could turn out to be one of the better tackles after some time. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked enough about that. I think on the individual shows and whatnot for me not to, not to kind of repeat myself ad infinitum about that but yeah I, I i'm i'm hopeful that you know he gets a shot but i'm also very pleased that it looks like they have a plan to move forward with james if stanley for some reason is not ready to go and and hopefully um you know it's not something they have to go to the market for more and different resources but the the four guys they have in house between Lely and moses and and uh, James and Stanley can get that tackle job secured without having to go to the, any of the interior guys and move them out there, whether that be Phillips or McCary or whoever. So uh, hopefully they'll uh, uh, they'll be able to figure it out with those guys. I'm so curious what they're doing with, with Stanley and when they're going to activate him. Because some of the stuff that you see suggests that he's probably able to go in some capacity, particularly for some of these drills. But they seem to have him in bubble wrap. And I'm, I'm just really curious to see when they're going to take him out. Yep. Yep. Uh, we did see a little bit of additional play. Let's see. Cologne got in for a, for a few plays. Of course, everybody does. Um, 
Yeah, bad snap. That's one thing I noticed. Yeah, the, the snaps overall. I thought the snaps were pretty good. McCary had one that was. I was. Whenever I see a snap, I try and grade it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't always catch every one that. And in eleven, even okay. Let's talk a little bit about this. In seven on seven, snaps are crap because you're not facing anyone across the line of scrimmage from you, which is your main problem. You have to make a line call for those guys. Mm-hmm. You have to change your you know assignment to do that. You have to be aware if the if Zeitler is the guy making those calls of what you're doing, and then you have to time it up with Zeitler patting you on the fanny and all that all the things that might go with that. But but you have other responsibilities you have to be aware of, not the least of which is a guy who's going to come right and jam you in the face with your short arms. Right. So I, I'm I, those are my those snaps of seven on seven are, are are crap. And yet what I saw from Linderbaum was excellent today. Snaps mm-hmm. were were largely on the money. They were not low. He was getting good. I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm reaching down here, but they were kind of belt buckle to breast level snaps that were uh, you know at, at, at just the level you want them. Uh, there's a little bit of rotation of the football. I saw one bad one from a carry. There's a little wide, a little bit of rotation on the football that you you, you wouldn't want. But most of the snaps were either um, uh, they were they were not um, spirals necessarily back to the quarterback, but they were they were they were placed in a way that was easily catchable in that midsection area where the quarterback is not being distracted from his ability to acquire the field. Yeah. I was keeping an eye on Linderbaum snaps for sure. I think one thing we talked about last season is that Bozeman snaps seemed a little slow, right? To mm-hmm. get back there. And, and of course, without having uh, the frame by frame and a, and a good stopwatch for what I wasn't able to tell if they were faster. They seemed like they may have been a little bit severe, but it wasn't like super apparent, right? It was not scientific. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I think the, the final location of them might even be more important than velocity. 12 to 6 curveball to me might be okay if the final location is right at the, um, you know, just above the, the, the mm-hmm. waist. Uh, it's when you got to reach down. Yeah. Then the quarterback's distracted to get the football and then he has to reacquire the field. And I mean, that can be three tenths of a second. Uh, you know, it could be as long as a, 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 a as a pitch takes in baseball, maybe to react to, and and that's just a lot of lost time in terms of of being able to figure things out. So, yeah. I, I, I it wasn't the only really good thing I saw from Linderbaum though uh, tonight. I mean, I, the the what I, I I can't take anything from resolving double teams mm-hmm. in this they do run drills but the, and they and they have guys standing there you know yeah. to try and uh do it but you, you don't know what the level of physicality if you're getting their a moves from the defender and whatnot but we did see linderbaum downfield way out in front of a big run off jet motion to duvernay mm-hmm. and that he was he was way down the field i mean 12 14 yards down the field it seemed like way in front of the play um just was very impressed at how quickly he got out there. Yeah, I I don't recall that particular play, but I do remember hearing camp reports from a day or two ago of Linderbaum just like soaring down the field uh, mm-hmm. in, in a shockingly fast like gazelle pace, and and that's uh that's what that's what we drafted him for. Quite honestly, is his ability to get to the second level and his speed um, is it might be really special. Yeah, I I, I agree. He's a He's a he's a cat there. There's no doubt about it. Real impressed that they were getting Khalil McKenzie out there. They had him pull on one of the plays uh, fairly early to get out in front of a play. Uh, it, it looked like you know you 
you have to see this under live fire. So if they really want to try and figure out if they can somehow keep Khalil McKenzie on the roster, probably they'll get him a fair amount of time at offensive line during the preseason, mm-hmm. particularly in that last game when nobody wants to be taking snaps and they don't want to be giving snaps to anybody who might get hurt. So it's kind of a, a double tightrope they have to walk, uh, right. you know, among, among players who aren't going to make the team. Uh, but he'll, he'll probably get a, quite a lot of snaps in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it'll be interesting to see if he can provide a little something on the offensive line so that he can be the eighth offensive lineman on a lot of game days and, and be available um, to play defense as needed. Yeah, I guess the only question I would have about him is that, or any, maybe this extends to any player, do you think there's any players, given the Ravens' depth, that they're going to try and hide um, to make other teams not quite notice that they might have something there? Hide during the preseason? Yeah. Um, I think, if anything, they'll do just the opposite because the league is on to the whole Khalil McKenzie um, <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's if I'm seeing it, it's not a secret to anybody. But uh, but the uh, he's, he's wearing the offensive color jersey. Mm-hmm. So out there. So we see that that's that's immediately a sign that they probably want to show it that way. And I think they'll want to show it that way all preseason. My guess is he will not play a single snap of defense or if he does, it won't be much Gotcha. Uh, d- during the preseason. And then that's the hiding that they would do. And then, you know, come he's the eighth offensive lineman. Oh, now we need a defensive tackle. He's in there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, fair enough. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see how that works. But uh, the, the Ravens have done a good job in the past over the years of of putting an offensive lineman to play in uh, jumbo fronts on defense when they've needed them. And, and they've done a good job when they lose somebody during a game of, of knowing who on the offensive line would be the guy who can help them on defense. All right. Uh, what would you like to talk about next? Um, if we may, I want to take a, a brief divergence into the very beginning of uh, the practice and talk about Stout. I thought he oh, sure. he did a really great job in his uh, brief amount of punts that he did. Uh, I, I heard that he put it at the one and the two <laughs> yard line, like right right at the edge there. Um, and I I don't know. He he seems all right. He I saw him doing uh holding the ball, and uh, I think mm-hmm. uh, Tucker hit a sixty yarder. So I mean, these are all like pretty decent signs. Um, they even had a camera on his helmet. So you could see like him catching the snaps and stuff. So no, I did not. I didn't. Oh, I didn't see the feed. I was there, so I didn't. I didn't get the the chance to see that. That's interesting because I, I heard that was happening. I right. heard they were doing helmet cam. Uh, all right. Well, it, the I saw a few other things going on with the kicking that were a little strange. First of all, Tucker has the little you know uh, tripody like device that he kicks from when he doesn't have a hold. Yeah. Okay. And so he was using that, and he was doing some long kicks. And I got to think he was at a point where he was pissing some people off on the other side of the field where 11 on 11 drills coming on, because basically he was setting up a kick to be kicked between 11 on 11 plays going on on that side of the field. So he's kicking over everybody. Uh-huh. And you know, the first time that that hits somebody in the back of the head, that practice will end. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I know it's Justin Tucker and there's a special situation, but, but you know, it's just it's the first time it happens that the, the practice will end. He got he got a lot of iron. Today, so you know, in the 60, the 60 yarder that he hit was a was a bounce. I couldn't tell if it was exactly off the crossbar or off the support bar, but it, it hit something uh-huh. and went over from our from a point of view. Did you see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, oh, it looked like the crossbar. Yeah. Okay. So he had two others that doinked the crossbar and came back, and one of them was not that. I say not that long. Maybe <laughs> fifty five yards. Sure. 
Yeah. You know, it's not the kind of distance where Justin Tucker would normally doink a ball under what are optimal conditions. The ball's being held by a tee <laughs> and, you know, and he's oh, kicking yeah. the ball. And then he tried some longer kicks. He tried, I think, from both 60 and 65. And it's not like he didn't make any, but he didn't have a really great day of kicking the football. And it, he got, so he got crossbar twice on the practice kicks, once in an actual drill kick where he actually got it over anyway, just like the 66 last year. And then he hit the he hit the um, upright on a third kick while he was kicking over these 11 on 11 drills. And most of that was off the off the tee. But the other point I want to make that some of it was out there with um, Stout actually doing the holding for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not picking up that Tucker is entirely happy with how Stout is putting the ball on the ground. Okay. So uh, the, the, the the regular snapped footballs. So you don't have a rush going on, but you have the other elements. You, you know, Stout has to handle the long snap. He has to put it in place, spin the laces, get it set up properly for Tucker to kick the ball. And Tucker missed some kicks under those circumstances. Um, I, I I did not get the impression as Tucker walked to the sideline that he was particularly happy with the way that had gone. And that may be unhappy. He may have been unhappy with himself. For missing some kicks, or he may have been unhappy with the way it was going with Stout in terms of of how the ball is getting placed, because Stout was at that point out there doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. I was trying to keep an eye on that myself. Uh, the parts I saw, I didn't really gain that. Uh, um, I guess I need perspective on it uh, one way or the other. But um, I was keeping an eye on on Stout placing the ball, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to watching Cook that it it did seem a little different. And uh, it did seem a little bit maybe, and, and part of me is wondering if it's me just trying to like overanalyze him. But I was like, mm-hmm. maybe he's like thinking about it more. It's not as fluid, or it's just not, it's not quite the same, or whatever. But I don't know. Like I, I definitely was keeping a close eye on it. And part of me wants to do like an overlay of like <laughs> thinking back to like the Baker Mayfield, Holodi uh, uh, Nada overlay where they have him running, or I think it was Holodi Nada. Maybe it was Matt Abuge actually. Uh, they have him like running together. <laughs> I want to see them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, placing the ball at the same time and see like how it looks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how this uh, develops. Yeah, um, me too, for sure. I, I, I could not tell who the gentleman was, but it looked like a, a taller guy um, than the other coaches. And it might have been Cook himself was there walking with Tucker to the sidelines, talking to him about somebody. But it was somebody and it wasn't it wasn't Brown because I know what he looks like. Randy Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was somebody else who looked maybe the right size and shape to be Cook, but I'm not sure if it was him. But anyway, that, that guy, civilian clothes, um, uh, you know, apparently, uh, you know, had some things to say after the, after the, some of the missed kicks were made on the fully long snapped two stout uh, kicks that Tucker made uh, at one point during practice. Okay. All right. All right. Um, uh, let's see. So, Lots of good receiving highlights from this. I think a lot of the other services will pick this up, but uh, uh, there were some definitely some high quality catches uh, during the day. I thought we saw a fair amount of Bateman being probably Lamar's second favorite target today. So <laughs> by far the most targets were at Andrews. Oh yeah, it was almost sickening. I was like, all right, we get it, Mike Andrews. You got the connection. <laughs> Pass to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes back to that show we just did, where it's like yes. he's just force feeding it almost seemed um yeah. particularly sometimes when he was under pressure he just went right there and it, it, yeah. it worked out a lot but i don't know i was a little disappointed had, by that 
there was a badly forced ball by the left sideline that was into bracket coverage mm-hmm. that he's lucky he wasn't intercepted. And that was just, to me, that was the worst throw of the day for him. So it was a bad judgment throw yeah. in terms of uh, of doing it. He had other other times where his, some of his receivers let him down with drops, but uh, uh, that was that was the really the worst one of the day for for me. Prochet had a, uh, a great corner route to score. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that looked good. Uh, we had, let's see, it was number 17. And that is Devon Williams, yep. uh, who made a really nice catch. Um, uh, we had uh, Jalen Moore uh, jumped over number seventeen, which is Robert Jackson. Each seventeen offensive defense yeah, right, both right, have a number. Right. Um, he had been flagged already for DPI on the play, and uh, then he made the catch. And of course, immediately that ball got windmilled up in the air, and. Uh, uh, Moore was very excited about the catch, as he should have been. But it's it kind of like a Mark Andrews reaction from last year's Colts game where where uh, he got thrown to late, way downfield, broke through a DPI, still made the catch with one hand. That Jalen Moore didn't quite do that, <laughs> but, he, but he caught the ball right over the defender and, uh, and uh, was very proud of himself. It was good to see. Yeah, I saw also uh, Shamar Briggs have a uh, big catch uh, using his big frame of 6'4". Uh, and... Mm-hmm. That was, that was good to see. Um, yeah, like you said, the the crochet corner route made made Seymour look bad. Uh, <laughs> but I think the the highlight for sure, and every every media uh, coverage will show it, is uh, there was a couple of Bateman throws. Uh, there was that bomb and tight coverage um, where he beat Marlin and and got the ball. Uh, there was strong chemistry, I thought, in the red zone drills. Uh, yes, and that was critical to see. And I think um, they were saying in the the broadcast that they had. Um, a couple of people commentating on it uh, for the live feed saying that, Oh, maybe they're getting a connection almost like uh, Hollywood and, and, and Lamar in the, in the red zone. Cause like you saw that um, working quite nicely. So that was good to see. Uh, definitely. We'll need a lot of that this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you made the point that, that, uh, that uh, Wallace didn't play with the first team, but Huntley threw him a nice ball in the end zone. It was, it was kind of similar to two, Jackson to um, uh, Bateman throws, yeah. and yeah, it was it, they were the typical Lamar Jackson touchdowns. And what I love about the Ravens' offense is they don't look to throw fade routes uh, when they're down the red zone. They look for open, uh, linear targets uh, without having to try and put arc on a football to to deliver it. Their fade routes have some of the lowest completion percentages. They're very dangerous. Uh, they, they seem safe. Uh, the other way you can throw them entirely safely is to make them even lower percentage catches. Right. Yeah, I know. And, so, and you know, it, Lamar Jackson is such a weapon in the red zone because he moves laterally, finds that seam in in the defense, then throws to to find the find the spot. He did it twice to Bateman, and that was uh, that was really impressive. I thought. Um, and Mark, they were almost on consecutive plays here, where I where I had found it here in my notes. Anyway, it was it was terrific. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, real good to see Wallace make a similar catch in the end zone. Uh, it's it's Huntley. Each of the quarterbacks got a little bit of time, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but by by far, of course, Lamar got the most. He was wearing white sleeves uh, that night. But Huntley uh, got a fair amount. And Ar- uh, Arthur Brown, so I want to call him, but Arthur Brown's a linebacker. It's Anthony Brown, uh, number twelve, got a little bit of time too. Do you have a hard time on on the TV or on the feed telling the quarterbacks apart? Yeah, because it was really low contrast, um, mm-hmm. the, the jerseys that they were wearing. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is uh, neither Brett Hundley or Anthony Brown uh, looked particularly great, in my opinion. It, mm-hmm. it, they did not seem to be pressuring the Ravens to keep a third <laughs> quarterback. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that that was the only takeaway I really had was that they they didn't really seem particularly special. Um, and it looks like it'll be Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, uh, for the roster. I, I would agree. Anthony Brown did have a good. Um uh, what looked like a two-minute drill after the first couple of units hadn't gotten it done. So on on the it was late in the eleven on eleven. Uh, he he had uh, several good throws in there. It looked like they might have had a couple of uh, of gifted first downs, but uh, but he drove them kind of down the field. And oh, where do I have the rest of the notes on that? Uh, anyway, I, he 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 had moved the team down the field effectively, and I thought he he was the. He was the quarterback of the two who had looked a little better. Um, I would agree. I don't think Hundley will is likely to make the team. Doesn't mean Hundley's not on speed dial. He's got some NFL experience. Mm-hmm. He's a guy they could bring back, but I, I don't think there's anything here that says you got to keep him. No, not at all. Now I will, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind going over to Isaiah Likely and kind of what he did. So he was. Um, they were using him a lot as kind of that halfback role. Um, he definitely was able to kind of uh make uh good yak opportunities i grant you know they're not hitting each other so how i don't how much can you really gather from it but uh he definitely was i thought performing quite nicely had a couple highlight throw or highlight catches and um i'm really starting to think with this hernia surgery for kolar um he's gonna get boxed out i think of playing time uh this first year he's he's gonna miss half the season it looks like from this um uh, sports hernias are one of those things. Groin injuries in general for uh, athletes can be very tricky and get over there like uh, obliques for baseball players mm-hmm. or pitchers in particular and how long those can keep you out of the out of action. But he could easily miss half the season. Um, it's not even impossible. They just put him on IR, uh, season-ending IR yeah. uh, for, for the surgery. But if he, if he is back, he'll, he'll probably have to start the year on IR. He'll take up one of the handshake agreements to get an extra player onto IR at the beginning of the year. And the Ravens only have a limited number of those. Right. So their depth has to hold up otherwise in order to make that work it. And then they really have to believe that he'd be back and offering something uh, towards the end of the season. And, and uh, yeah, this is, it's, it's a big setback for the Ravens to have this. I guess they knew it was coming uh, given what his history had been in, in college, but they, I don't think they thought it was as bad. Definitely not because he was started on the PUP, which would have gave him mm-hmm. a, a better way of getting him into the season. Uh, without yeah. having to use one of the handshakes. So I, it feels like a misstep. It feels like it snuck out of nowhere. Maybe there was a, a bigger flare-up than they're letting on uh, that's that's pushing the issue here. But nevertheless, it, it is unfortunate for him, um, kind of continuing the streak of the second tight end drafted, being the one that's more impressive of the draft. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say of it, other than I'm disappointed because um, I'm really excited for both of them. But uh, at least it looks like likely he's off to a good start. Hopefully Kolar can uh, recover. Yeah, I mean, likely did a lot of things well today, but the thing I was most impressed about was the catch radius. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that you ascribe to a player like Kolar, big body, long arms, likes to catch the ball away from his body. I, you know, I'm always happy to see that in, in any player, but in a player like likely where that's not his immediate descriptor, then you 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 want to have a guy who uh, can reach back for the ball, can reach forward for the ball, can, 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 capture a bad ball with some facility Mm -hmm. and i thought i saw that today now some of the things he did to go catch a ball they don't it's again it's kind of like the linderbaum making good snaps under ideal conditions um there's no receiver 
who should really be worried about going up high for the football in the middle of the field right now. Right. I think we can agree on that in in a practice situation. I mean, you can leap up to your heart's content. (laughs) As long as you don't literally fall on your neck yourself, you're fine. You're, 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 uh, that's a good place to catch the football. Um, but, uh, you're not going to get undercut by a defender. If you do, that guy's probably going to be off the team. Uh, or, yeah. or, or, you know, get, get a talking to, depending on who he is. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, you, you, he was he was certainly going up to get the football and showing that good catch radius today. And we'll, we'll, we'll still have to see what he can do in a game if there's if there's any issue with alligator arms um, as mm-hmm. that moves on. Now, I'm not specifically saying I have any reason to believe that will be the case, please. Right. But, uh, but you know, I want to see that catch radius in a game more than I want to see it in a seven-on-seven seven drill. Yeah, I agree with that. There were definitely a couple of times where his catch radius was uh, one of those things where he gets snapped in two. <laughs> Live yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. All right. So... One of the things um, we haven't talked about yet, other than we talked about it for Lily briefly, but the the one-on-one pass rushing drill, really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. has some good notes from that one. Do you mind if I go, go through it. those yeah, a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, as I mentioned, the drill is they, they, they line up all five linemen. They just have one of them as like a live rep of, of pass rushing versus pass blocking. And when you're not in pads like this, it's about as much as you can do physically. And if you were... One of the, one of the real key things to look for are running back versus inside linebacker blocking drills. Those are a big deal. They do those a couple times per year. Uh, when they do them, they have a handshake line afterwards. They sometimes do or They did at least under wink. So it's the kind of thing you understand the gravity of the of, of what they're actually doing when they do that. But uh, in this case, uh, you know, McCary held off, uh, let's see, 94. Is that uh, Isaiah Mack? We had, uh, uh, I mentioned a Falalele one. Uh, Moses um, was coaching him after the play, got that. Uh, 59 did a really good job, and that's Dalen Hayes. So a guy we really Mm -hmm. wanted to see some good things from. Did a really good job against Jared Jones-Smith. So that's on the outside. That's against the tackle. He bowled him back into the pocket, just passed it, and then shed him to the inside, which is exactly what you want in those situations if you're using a bull rush to get to the quarterback. So I really like that one. Um, did a good job of it. I thought uh, that uh, Stephen Means was on the field. Now, he didn't get a ton of reps today. It didn't look to me, but he was on against Jimmy Murray, number 67. Those guys fought it out to, uh, to I'd say, a, a draw in their uh, in their time. So some, some interesting ones there. Uh, probably one of the really ones I liked, and this is good to see, is that uh, Michael Pierce got some great push against Kevin Zeitler. So that's good to see. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're always we're concerned about where Pierce's conditioning are. We're not concerned at all about whether or not Zeitler is a great offensive lineman. We know he will be when the season comes. And, and it's good to see him have a good rep versus a, uh, a, a top player. Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, one of the things I noticed, not to take away from the, the one-on-one drills, there was a couple mm-hmm. times um, they were doing the one-on-ones, uh, not one-on-ones, but they were just i guess running like almost agility drills and uh there were a couple players that kind of stuck out and then watching them progress throughout the uh rest of the practice um one of those players being uh david vereen i don't know if you saw him uh or any it's on him number 33 uh, um i noticed he was playing slot corner a lot of my my notes are numbered here so 
that to me uh, says something that stuck out. But we'll talk about that later. Talk, yeah. Make your point first, please. Oh yeah, I just I, he just stuck out. Like one of the things I look for, in, particularly in these beginning practices, as we go into these preseason games, is I want to see the numbers I don't recognize and figure out who they are and what they do. And let's see like if they have a chance of making the roster. Uh, and like you said, he was playing a lot of slot corner. That is a kind of position that's up for grabs, so to speak from a smaller school, Newberry. So I think he might be one of those players that the Ravens had their eye on, but knew they didn't have to draft uh, or they didn't think they had to draft. So I'm curious to see if he could be like an undrafted free agent, uh, you know, that makes the team or something. I know that obviously our secondary is loaded, so it'd mm-hmm. be a very difficult task, but maybe he sticks around the practice squad, but it was just something I'm keeping an eye out uh, for those kind of players. And he stuck out to me. And I was wondering maybe in those one-on-ones, if you noticed any players like that. Um, Aaron Crawford. Um, I, I'll go through the rest of my notes just real quick. Aaron Crawford kind of got beat by um, Linderbaum okay. head up, which which is great because we need Linderbaum that I'm more draft pick to be the guy. <laughs> it's it's too bad that uh, Crawford couldn't you know make progress against a good player, but uh, Crawford is probably headed for the practice squad and will be a guy that'll be available to the Ravens as on an as needed basis. Um, saw Phillips put Matabike on the ground. Uh, past the mm. pocket and, and it's, it's not an ideal blocking route for him because you don't like um, the left guard blocking his assignment to the right around the pocket to the left around the pocket is probably okay you don't want you still don't want him running into your left tackle or running into the legs of your left tackle but running into the right is when you really run into injury risk um, when, when he's doing that and that's that's where the rep ended up uh, some of that is Matabike and him trying to get an advantage to one particular side as opposed to the other um, but but uh, Matabike ended up on the ground uh, on that rep, so that was a good one for uh, for Phillips. Um, I think that was most of what I had. Another one, I, you know, minor player involved here. I'm not going to get into, uh, but uh, but I thought from from a one on one perspective that was good. I want to go back to slot corner though, mm-hmm. because that was a place where um, I was surprised at who the Ravens were playing uh, at corner as the day went on. They they obviously were shorthanded. At corner in general, but at slot corner in particular. So Pepe Williams is one of the guy I expect, guys I expect to spend a lot of time there. He wasn't there that much. He was playing outside. He was playing I was outside. surprised by that too, yeah. <laughs> and and you know who was playing slot? Jalen Armour Davis. Right. And he and he's a guy who comes out of the draft, absolute rep. He will play nowhere but on the outside based on his speed and his length and whatnot. I mean, he's an obvious outside corner fit. Right. Yeah, it's not strange. I, I noticed the exact same thing, and I was very confused by it. I was like, are you guys out of position? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, they, they may just be trying different things. Uh, uh, but whatever whatever the reasoning is, it's it's a little strange to me that this would uh, uh, this would be the way it shows up. It, it, it may be that, you know, without um, Marks Peters, they are short enough on corners that they're really just having to put it together however they want. So we saw we saw Seymour on the, on the field quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we did see other guys who do not figure onto the roster like Jackson mm-hmm. on the field a fair amount. Uh, yeah, I, I, could, could Robert Jackson make the practice squad? Maybe. Could Kevon Seymour make the, make the uh, practice squad? Um, I, I think so, mm-hmm. but, but probably not the roster again, I, I, I would say. Um, just we just we did not see exactly what I was expecting at cornerback. I'll just leave it at that. I was I was surprised by the positions they were playing. Yeah, I was surprised too. I also didn't really notice Stevens too much. 
uh, in this practice. And I don't know if that was just there's a couple players that kind of slipped past my radar. I didn't see too much of of Travis Jones, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it might have been the the broadcast feed, like not wanting to focus on those kind of defensive reps. They're a little less sexy than the offensive ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt like it was a little uh, lacking in that department. Yeah, I, 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 Travis Jones looked pretty good to me. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's one of the players who, you know, I felt looked big, looked like uh, you're going to have a lot of trouble moving me mm-hmm. in, in this thing. So I'm, I'm happy, but I need to see more against live fire. I, I didn't, I missed, unfortunately, any rep he might have had in these one-on-one pass rush drills. So I'm sure he had one at least mm-hmm. because everybody gets one. But I'm, you know, I, I missed it and, and I, I need to see more. So, yeah. uh uh, uh, that was a that was the issue with that. I, interesting how they were deploying the safeties as well too. I thought uh, they they did a little bit uh, with throwing the dime out there, and so we were seeing some sub package uh, work. So that's nice to see. I did I did not notice the quarter on the field. So when they had Jefferson out there, I think it was typically in dime. He got very few total reps on the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you you were kind of hosed in uh, focused in on that at all. No, it was hard to keep track of snap counts, so to speak, um, from that perspective. Uh, a lot of times they would zoom out, <laughs> you know, after mm-hmm. the play or replay, and you wouldn't be able to see the substitutions. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of hard. You to get an interview or something. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Point, yeah. <laughs> yes, something like that. So it was a little difficult to, to capture all that. So I, that's why I appreciate uh, your notes for sure for that part. All right. They had, they had three safeties on the field, including, you know, Chuck Clark playing his more traditional dime role from from 2019 that we remember fondly. Uh, so they had some of that it, and they had some dime with Queen and Clark, uh, which is you know one of the interesting things when they had two inside linebackers on the field. They had some very distinct pairings and they pretty much stayed with them for most of the day. So they had they had Queen and Bynes together. So that's. You know, I, I don't know if this is the way it's going to work out, but it sure looks like they're not in a hurry to go back to Queen as the mic, that they're perfectly happy with the combo on for the two down combo anyway of Bynes and Queen. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to play, if, if Queen is good enough to play a third down, well, terrific. He can play it with with Clark in the dime and Bynes can be out. It's not like the, the you know, the, the, right. the other competition is Tony Jefferson, really, that he's he has to beat out for snaps otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they had they had other guys. They had Welch in there with Harrison getting some snaps. Didn't see a lot from Harrison in this okay. practice. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I follow up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then John Ross was in there with uh, Diego Fago. Um, one at, Ross was the guy who got thrown over for uh, a really nice touchdown. Uh, I think that might have been at the end of that red zone drive by Anthony Brown. Um, but uh, but he got beat, and I think it was a forty six on forty. Now nah, could have been that's that would have been Nick Moore. So now I have to I have to I have to get that for you because I don't I don't know who he actually uh, actually beat on that, who he actually got beat by on that play. But uh, uh, good stuff around on that. Uh, what else did I want to say about? They had a, a, a diff- bunch of different guys returning punts in this one, mm. so they had. Uh, Devin DuVernay, of course, returning punts, but they also had Prochet back there. They had Pepe Williams try. Um, they had, I already said DuVernay. Bateman was back in the group. I did not actually see him return a punt, but he was back there talking to DuVernay. <laughs> so, so maybe he was about to do it, if, uh, or maybe he was just taking his special teams reps to do there. And then the other guy was Slade Bolden, who, uh, who had a rep or two. And I, I didn't have anything to go on in terms of 
fielding the punt, exploding out of the punt, most of it was pretty well covered punts from what I saw. Um, seemed to be shorter distance, and they were they're covering the punts very well from from the other side. Since you brought up uh, Slate Bolden, that was another thing I was keeping an eye on was uh, Bolden, Polk, Victor. Um, you know, some of these guys that have an opportunity to be camp darlings based on people who have you know seen their work before in college and thought maybe they would be able to contribute. Um, none of them stuck out too much to me. Like I definitely saw them using uh, Bolden in the slot, which was like as predicted. Uh, Polk, I just noticed that he was as light as advertised. <laughs> he definitely looked very mm-hmm. uh, like slim. And um, yeah, I, I, and and Victor, you know, I, we've seen a, a little bit of him from last year. I just didn't, I didn't see too much uh, during this practice, at least, uh, to see him kind of rise up. Um, it seemed like uh, Williams was the one that was probably the most notable of that group, uh, Devon Williams, um, from like mm-hmm. the the pieces I saw. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was he had one good catch that I recall down the right sideline. I think where Jackson was covering him, um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 he he definitely made some plays. Polk was close at least once. Um, uh, they used a wide variety of players as gunners in this practice mm-hmm. on special teams, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that may decide the fifth wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. But you got a lot of guys who are who are getting opportunities there. So Benjamin Victor had an opportunity as a gunner, and uh, Trayvon Clark did. Uh, we saw Hill there one time. That was that was fine. Uh, I already mentioned Victor, so that's actually a second rep for him. And then um, Devon Williams also got one. So if you're going to use your your taller wide receivers and whatnot in that gunner role and try and get them some sort of a break there, one of the things you're trying to figure out is is can I between the balance of what he can do for me as a receiver, can I use special teams? Maybe it's a little bit of a tiebreaker to decide if he can make the roster. At least that's my hope as to how that works out. That it's it's really based on your receiving, mm-hmm. and the tiebreaker is your thing, and it's not that somehow the special teams coach gets to designate a player that he really needs to have. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I, it will be a, probably a combination for that fifth wide receiver for sure, just because I, I don't foresee one of them becoming so self-evident as a receiver that they'll, they'll have to be the one selected. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you mentioned it uh, with the gunners with justice Hill. I was taking note of the running backs used Interesting to see. Um, they gave Mike Davis a good, good amount of run, it seemed. Mm-hmm. And um, he seemed to have more juice than maybe any of those elder statements of last year, which is not surprising. He was on a team. Uh, but, yeah, like just, just trying to get an idea of um, that rotation right now with uh, the two big guns of Dobbins and Edwards still inactive, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I, it was interesting to watch. I didn't see too much of Batty. I wanted to see more of him. But, uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll see more in the preseason. Yeah, Beatty dropped a uh, a receiving rep, so he mm-hmm. was on a, on a little flat route on the right side. A uh, little, I don't know if a little bit of a play got extended. Almost seemed like a little bit of a dump off, and and uh, uh, he wasn't able to secure it. So that's that's too bad right. that that happens. Uh, you know, it, it it does. He's he's still, I think, the Ravens' best receiving running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he better be. Let's put it that way, because there really isn't anybody else. It's obviously it. Um, so hopefully he's uh, he, he hasn't taken an un, uh, insurmountable number of demerits from that one. 
Yeah, I noticed that one too. And I was trying to keep an eye on him in, in pass protection. He seemed to do okay in that uh, from the, the reps I saw. So that's that's positive because that's a definitely a, a difficult thing for people to pick up in their first year. I want to go back to special teams for a second because we're talking about the gunners on, mm-hmm. on the punt. But this is one of the really interesting things. It wasn't Tony Jefferson back there as the personal protector for Jordan Stout, as I would have expected. It was it was Geno Stone mm. for most of the most of the reps in there and they had you know they rotate through through some people but uh geno stone was the one i'm noticing uh being lined up there so it looks like they may may not be jefferson that's the obvious co-cap replacement this year or at least they're hedging their bets by having stone available if they can't really find a way to keep jefferson on the roster otherwise yeah that makes sense i mean i think stone's going to be a player that that kind of sneakily gets more and more uh i don't know responsibility so to speak with this team Mm -hmm. i think he may have been a little slow to start uh that rookie year when we first acquired him and you know obviously he got cut and came back but it seems like he's starting to get more and more of a role particularly i mean like you can't say enough about that opportunity he had to wear the green dot and how much it said about him um and what the coaching staff thinks of him so i do think uh seeing him get more responsibility is a good thing, give him more opportunities to make the team and be a part of the team and contribute uh, to the team when he's unable to get snaps because of the safety room is so loaded right now. Um, but keep him, keep him involved. And that's, that's all uh, very good stuff. Yeah. I, it'd be interesting to make up a list of all the players who have ever worn the green dot for the Ravens in a game. Cause it's not that many mm-hmm. in total. Oh, no. I mean, I think my guess is the list is under 20 in length of, and think of all the players that have ever played for the Ravens, but it before the end of Ray Lewis's career. In fact, yeah, uh, no, there's there's more than that because there's a few guys like McLean and Grison and mm-hmm. people like that who wore it for a game while while Ray was out. Kind of. I was going to say I think there's enough uh, one-offs to get you over twenty, but if you took out the one-offs, yeah. like if they had to have multiple games, it'd, it'd probably be much under twenty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but then Geno Stone gets excluded, yeah. so you can't make the point about Geno Stone. <laughs> <That's> so, <fair. laughs> yeah. yeah so. All right. Well, anyway, outstanding, uh, outstanding night. Lots of good things to see. Leaves us wanting more in terms of the the initial preseason games and and what'll be happening then, and all the uh, uh, fun stuff we expect to see from the first live fire. All the things we expect not to see in terms of uh, giving away their uh, their scheme mm-hmm. before the opening game. <laughs> but uh, but it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to get to see more of these players, um, get more and more snaps out of them, and just like more focused in a way. Right. Like when they're actually the drills are good. There are a lot that you can gain from drills, but it's nice to see like actual 11 on 11 play the whole way and tackling and all that good stuff. Yep. <laughs> yep. Actual, actual football. Yeah, actual fo- take it, actual take football. It you can't time. beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Alec, always a pleasure talking football with you. And, and, uh, you know, doing this was a, was a, was a treat as, as always tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Sure. Yeah. You can find us, uh, at one winning pod on Twitter. And that's also our website. Um, you can listen to us. We have our state of the division coming out in a, uh, this Monday. Uh, that was really a lot of fun to record. And uh, we're going to start talking about camp and going from there. All right. Sounds great. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, uh, give me a DM on Twitter. They're always open. And uh, I'm interested in those 25 minute topics uh, that we can get into in some depth. Had a great one today that we recorded. That'll be out in a couple of days. But yards before contact compared to yards after contact on run plays. And Hmm. a guy from PFF, a PFF intern we've had on before, Arjun Meadow, is coming on. 
25-minute podcast, but it's a ton of information about how the Ravens are complete outliers in both those categories. And what's the actual source of that? What's the actual reason for that? So I think there's there's some good discussion there, and I, I hope you'll tune in for that one. Alec, thanks again for coming on. Of course. Thanks, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.